Welcome to the Donovan Adkisson Show. Today is Thursday. It's October 19th, 2023. And I think I'm just going to do this. This episode is just basically going to be about hot takes. I don't really have anything else I want to talk about. Just a lot of bullshit going on in the world, you know? So I'm just going to run down you and I together. Just imagine that you're sitting here with me looking at the computer screen and we're just looking at the news headlines of the day. So I'm just going to give you hot takes of what's going on. One of the first things I saw today was that Trump attorney Sidney Powell has pled guilty in the Georgia election subversion case. And this one does kind of hit home for me for two reasons. One, this is a case that is happening in the state of Georgia, which I live in. I live in South Central Georgia. And two, it deals with a county Coffee County, which is roughly about 45 to 45 minutes to an hour away from where I was born and raised. So this is an article over at CNN. It says former Donald Trump attorney Sidney Powell has pleaded guilty in the Georgia election subversion case one day before her trial was set to start. Fulton County prosecutors are recommended are recommending rather a sentence of six years probation. Powell will also be required to testify at future trials and write an apology letter to the citizens of Georgia. As part of her guilty plea, Powell is admitting her role in the January 2021 breach of election systems in rural Coffee County, Georgia. With the help of local GOP officials, a group of Trump supporters accessed and copied information from the county's election systems in hopes of somehow proving that the election was rigged against Trump. Uh, Editor's note, it was not rigged. He lost. Fair and square. Continuing with the article, her attorneys had vehemently rejected prosecutors' claims that she orchestrated the Coffee County breach. They've said at pretrial hearings that prosecutors are incorrect and that the evidence will show that she was not the driving force behind the incident. Powell is now the second person in the sprawling racketeering case to plead guilty. Bell bondsman Scott Hall last month pleaded guilty and agreed to testify at future trials. The other 17 defendants, including Trump, have pleaded not guilty. Pro-Trump attorney Kenneth Cheesebro's trial is slated to begin Friday with jury selection. Because if I remember correctly, he and he and Sidney Powell were, were being tried together, and he tried his damnedest to separate those trials, and they wouldn't do it. So she's done what we figured she probably would do. A lot of the pundits have said that This is probably what she would do. And I think we're going to start seeing more and more and more of this the closer we get to these, the actual trial dates. They think they think they've got a chance in hell of never going to trial. And then the closer it gets to trial, they're like, oh, shit, (laughs) this is real. This is uh, yeah, it's real. And so they're uh, they're taking that they're hedging their bets. They're hedging their bets. So, you know, if if they go with the recommendation, then basically six years of probation. I think her I think she was a lawyer and uh, yeah, attorney, dumb, dumb. And uh, I I don't think she's a lawyer any longer. I believe she's been stripped of her license and and what have you. So, you know, if they go with the recommendation, at least she won't be in prison, but she'll be key in helping with the prosecution of the other defendants for sure. What else we got going on here? Huh? I'm not even sure I want to talk about this one. J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the headline. Now, this is over at thepinknews.com. I don't know a damn thing about this website, but the headline is J.K. Rowling would prefer two years in jail over using a trans person's correct pronouns. Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling 
has said she would prefer two years in jail over using a trans person's correct pronouns. On uh, Tuesday, October 17th, Rowling took to X, formerly called Twitter. Quit doing that. It's fucking Twitter. I'm not going to call it X. Uh, to attack trans rights. In the post, Rowling shared an image showing the words, repeat after us, trans women are women, projected onto a wall with the caption, no. Now, I'm going to say something that is going to be unpopular, especially with my kids, because my kids are millennials and one Zoomer. Probably going to be unpopular with more of my progressive friends, which I don't have that many. Number one, there and there's a there's a good podcast with uh, J.K. Rowling interviews. I forget the name of it, but just just look it up. It's it's actually pretty good. Her stance on things is a bit more nuanced than those on the left want to believe. And here's where here's where I fall. I come down on this particular issue as well. I'm not going to speak for my wife, but she and I have been in agreement when we've had these conversations. Let me preface by saying this. I believe everybody has the right to be happy, to be themselves, and to have a fulfilling and hopefully long life. I, I truly believe that. Well, except for child molesters and rapists and you know what I'm saying. If you turn out to be a gay man, more power to you. You turn out to be a gay woman, more power to you. You decide that you were born in the wrong gendered body and you want to be the, there, there's just something in your makeup that says, no, I shouldn't have been born a woman. I should have been born a man or vice versa. I don't have a problem with that either. But let's get clear on terms. We have male and I'm not going to get in this argument about there's only two genders and blah, 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 blah. That's not what I'm saying. You have genetic males and you have genetic females, what is also known as a biological male and a biological female. Then we have trans males or trans trans men, and we have trans women. It is intellectually dishonest, in my opinion, when you tr- when you make the statement trans women are women. Just because you say that doesn't make it so. Now, that's not to denigrate a trans woman by any stretch of the imagination. But stop and look at logically what what has transpired here and and what we really have. If you were born as a biological male and you transition to a female or a woman, you are a trans woman. That doesn't automatically make you a woman. It makes you a trans woman. Be proud of of that label. A trans male is not a male because they were born biologically female and transitioned into a male. Be proud of that label. Why is it that you if you if you want to be recognized for who you are internally and externally, why would you want to negate that by sliding in to one of two labels that already exist. Grab that label that makes you special and hold on to it. So we have four labels. We have male, female, or male, woman, man, woman. Variations, but there's still two labels there. Man, woman, trans woman, trans man. We have four. There you go. In those. And then you've got your gay man, and then you've got your lesbian. So technically, I mean, and that that really, to me, I, th- I think is kind of set aside because that's not in the same discussion as a trans male or trans female. He's a man, but he's gay. She's a woman, but she's gay. By the same token, 
I guess you could have a trans a trans man, a trans male who prefers men. Does that mean the trans male is gay? Because biologically, they are still female. So ultimately, my take on this, and again, I'm I'm not shitting on anybody. You do whatever you want to do. You have as much right to exist as anybody. But Stop beating people over the fucking head like J.K. Rowling because she refuses to, to say that a trans woman is a woman. I agree with her. You're not, a, you're not a woman. You're a trans woman. Be proud of the fact that you have a label unto yourself. Now, does that mean that you should have the same rights as a woman? Well, honestly, everybody should have the same rights, men, women. It doesn't matter. And I, I realize it's a lot more nuanced than that, but... We get bogged down in the bullshit minutia of this stuff, and then we go at each other, and then we have cancel culture, and culture, and it, it just makes absolutely no fucking sense. Now, now that I've said all of that, back to the article. One user wrote, vote labor, get a two-year stretch, and the comment was in reference to labor's proposed crackdown rather, on anti-LGBTQ plus hate crime. On October 7th, at the National Women's Conference in Liverpool, MP for Oxford East Annalise Dodds promised that if Labour are, are power at the next generation uh, general election, if I could fucking read today or speak, that'd be great, they will get tough on anti-LGBTQ hate crimes. Dodds said people responsible for such crimes would receive the, quote, tougher sentences they deserve, in quote, in a bid to show everyone deserves to be accepted without exception and treated with respect and dignity. I agree. You should be. You should be accepted and you should be uh, treated with respect and dignity. But that doesn't mean that I have to, I have to acknowledge that because you transition to a, a male or transition to a female, that you are now that label. I transitioned to a female, so I am now a woman. No, you're a trans woman. Because until the day that we can genetically change that part of our anatomy, if you can completely rewrite our DNA and a biological male goes through a metamorphosis and literally comes out on the other side as a biological female, then you legitimately have gone from a male to a female. And there's no argument whatsoever. None whatsoever. But apparently... Uh, Rowling wrote, I'll happily do two years if the alternative is compelled speech and forced denial of the reality and importance of sex. Bring on the court case, I say. It'll be more fun than I've ever had on a red carpet. I got to give her credit. She's not backing down. And and I really like that about her. I really do. And and I find it, you know, Harry Potter and all of that, those, those are great books. I didn't read them, so I'm going to presume they're great books. I've, my kids have read them, or one of my kids did. I like the movies, even though they do have a tendency to play them to fucking death. But the way the way the main stars of those movies just basically put so much distance between themselves and her, to me, is really telling of the generational divide. They're youngins. I mean, granted, they're all in their twenties now, but they're still youngins. And I think I think she, you know she and I or my wife and I and J.K. Rowling we're all in the same age group. So yeah, we're we can be considered the get off my damn lawn people in that generation. But oh, what else we got here? Uh, let's see. Deadline is reporting the Marvels heading for a seventy-five to eighty million dollar opening, roughly fifty percent lower than Captain Marvel three-day early box office look. Um. 
The Nia DaCosta-directed movie opens on November 10th. It started roughly 50% below the opening for the first Captain Marvel movie starring Brie Larson, which posted a three-day of $153 million. Its projection is down from long-leading tracking $90 million figure two weeks, that figure from box office analytics firm Quorum. That was a sentence. So why the fall-off? Chiefly, let's be honest, as it says, as we've overwritten, it doesn't help to have a tent pole out there during a strike, sans its cast shouting from the cliffs. There's been no San Diego or New York Comic-Con push of any kind for this movie or strutting on social due to the strike. Others critique that the campaign was launched later than Marvel campaigns that went out pre-pandemic, which would typically drop 12 weeks in advance. Also, some sources are telling us that Audiences aren't connecting the Captain Marvel IP to the other two characters in the franchise, which starred in Miss Marvel and WandaVision. The movie tells the further adventures of Brie Larson's Carol Danvers with Miss Marvel's Kamala Khan and WandaVision's Monica Rambeau. We're told the Marvels is well below the top-performing MCU titles among men under 35, much closer to Ant-Man in the demo. Current comps are also against Thor, Black Adam, and The Flash, which, by the way, I liked Black Adam. Uh, the people that shit on it, fuck off. It was a good movie. I haven't watched The Flash. I, you know, whenever it's available where I can actually watch it for free, then I will. But I don't I don't like the changes they did. I do not like this new DCU. I love James Gunn's work when it comes to the, the, the Guardians of the Galaxy. I did not care for his Suicide Squad movie. I think the first one was actually better. My wife agrees. We both agree that the first Suicide Squad movie was better. The one that's got Will Smith in it. Don't really care for... James Gunn's version wasn't bad, but it was not better than the other one. I'll fight you on that one. And them getting rid of of uh, Henry Cavill and, um, you know, just shit-canning the whole DCEU. Snyder had a vision. It was dark, but I liked it. And I, I really wish we could have seen where it was where it was going and, and how we were going to end up there. That four-hour version that they let him finally finish out of the Justice League is... Fucking phenomenal. There's a reason why they call the theatrical release Justice League. It fucking sucks compared. Now, was it a bad movie? It wasn't terrible. But then prior to the Snyder version, Snyder's Justice League, we didn't know what we were missing. And I don't give a shit if Warner Brothers wishes they hadn't given him the $75 million to to finish it out or not. They did the right thing. That is a fucking phenomenal movie. And they can claim all they want. And, of course, now I don't know what, what's happening because the whole whole universe has been scrapped and, and redone. We're having a reset. They weren't even considering the, the Snyder version canon. To them, the Justice League version was actually canon, and that was just stupid. Anyway, I uh, and I bring that up because, you know, granted, I'm talking about MCU stuff here, but it, it really pisses me off about the DCU because they brought up you know, Black Adam and The Flash, and then, of course, Thor. I mean, it's it's superhero shit, right? So we'll see. One thing that is interesting, now, I did watch WandaVision, thought it was great, watched one or two episodes of Miss Marvel, could not get into it. I'm sorry, just could not. Bringing these three characters together, okay, that that's fine. And it all has something to do with a power swap, like if they use their powers against one another or... or I forget. You, you go back and look at the trailers, but the trailers have actually... And there was an article I saw earlier this week or the latter part of last week that was actually bringing this up was the fact that they seem to have pivoted away from showing trailers that have all three in them. And they're really trying to focus on the fact that, hey, guys, this is Captain Marvel 2. This is really what this movie is. Does it have these other two characters in it? 
Yes, but it is supposed to be a sequel to Captain Marvel. So we'll see. I'll watch it. I'm looking forward to it. I'm not going to pay to watch it. I'll wait till it comes out on, uh, you know, Disney because it's a Marvel movie. All the DC, uh, DCU stuff or DCEU, I mean, basically is on HBO or mags. And I'm not paying for that. That's just too fucking high. That's like I was going to talk about if I can come across it. Netflix, just just throwing it out there. Raising rates again. I have their 19.99 tier. It's going to 22.99. I don't think I'm going to keep them around much longer. Okay, something I hadn't heard about. Why is uh, this is over at cordcuttersnews.com. Why is YouTube TV just 720p video quality? Here is why and what they are doing about it. One of the big complaints about YouTube TV has been its video quality of 720p on most shows and games. The truth is YouTube TV shows the same quality video that cable TV does as cable channels often only broadcast in 720p for most content. That is not true. As a former cable broadband company executive, that is not true. Is there a lot of 720? I will give you this. There's a lot of 720p content, but there's a lot of 1080p content as well. We recently put in a uh, an HD home run little box, an uh, ATSC little unit with uh, an antenna and so that we can pick out channels out of the air. There's a surprising amount of them around my area. And it's fed into a uh, Plex server. And the main, like your NBC's, ABC, CBS, is they're 1080p. There's a lot of them that are still 720p, and some of them are actually just 480. So anyway, it goes on to say the good news is YouTube TV is working on upscaling many sporting events from 720p to 1080p. In an August 2022 update from the YouTube TV team on Reddit, they announced that some improvements to video quality would be coming. Um, this is what they said. Video quality. We continue to invest in improved feeds and bitrate improvements. Many users with eligible 4K compatible devices that support VP9 codecs are now seeing higher quality 1080p content with more device coverage and improvements on the, the way this fall. Separately, NFL Sunday ticket games will have distinct source feeds broadcast in 1080p, a mix of native and upscaled, compared to 720p local broadcast. We're working with our partners to bring more 1080p HDR and 4K games to you in the future. Hmm. All right. This is kind of a throwback from several weeks back. Jason Aldean defends controversial song. Quote, I'm not saying anything that's not true. So apparently he's going to bat for his song, Try That in a Small Town, after previously defending the track following controversy over its music video. In an interview on Coop's Rockin' Country Saturday Night podcast, the country singer knocked critics for turning the song and its visuals, quote, into something that it's not, end quote, after facing backlash over the video filmed at the site of the 1927 killing of Henry Choate, an 18-year-old black teen lynched by a mob in Tennessee. Quote, if you've got common sense, you could look at the video and see, I'm not saying anything that's not true, explained Aldine, who previously defended himself against accusations that the track was a pro-lynching song. He added, in the video, I'm showing you what happened. I didn't do it. I didn't create it. It just happened. And I saw it, and I'm not cool with it. Aldine, who has kicked it with former President Donald Trump at Mar-a-Lago in recent years, noted that the controversy brought a lot of attention to the song and video, calling the response pretty amazing. Try that in a small-town video, pulled from CMT and later edited to remove clips of Black Lives Matter demonstrations from 2020, Includes images of demonstrators lighting an American flag on fire, tossing Molotov cocktails, along with other clips from various protests. With lyrics that warn against crossing that line, in quotes, lighting up or stomping flags and cursing out a cop before spitting in their face, 
The song peaked at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart this summer. In his appearance on the podcast, Aldine said he isn't going to go out and explain himself whenever there's a take on a song or video's meaning. Quote, to me, what I was seeing was wrong and nobody would say anything, especially in the music industry or entertainment industry. It just kind of reaches a breaking point to where you're like, man, somebody needs to say something. And if nobody's going to do it, then I'll be the guy. However, Aldine's song received criticism from his country music peers as well, including Sheryl Crow, who said there's, quote, nothing small town or American about promoting violence. <laughs> I haven't heard the song, honestly. And I don't know, maybe the visuals were at poor taste. And I am from a small town, so I don't really have a hot take on this, I guess. Sometimes people just like being upset for the purpose of being upset, I guess. I guess something else I should do a quick Hot take on is Jim Jordan will back empowering interim speaker Patrick Mc- McHenry temporarily. Apparently, he's come out that Jim has decided he's just going to take a break from trying to uh, become speaker of the House because he's failed twice. And as a matter of fact, I think he set a record, or it's been a long, long time, of getting less than 200 votes. He got 199 the second time. Got 200 the first time. So uh, so NBC News uh, says in a surprise move, Representative Jim Jordan, Republican of Ohio, will back a plan to temporarily empower interim Speaker Patrick McHenry, Republican of North Carolina, until January, according to three sources, allowing legislative business to continue in the face of two wars and a looming government shutdown. Jordan, the GOP's latest nominee for Speaker, who lost two rounds of votes this week, will continue to run for Speaker and try to shore up votes in the meantime, according to sources. Later, Republicans leaving a heated closed-door meeting on the Speaker debacle confirmed that Jordan informed the GOP conference he is backing McHenry. Now, one of our representatives, Austin Scott, actually threw his hat in the ring, but he lost behind closed doors uh, to Jim Jordan for the nomination. Continuing with the article, it is unclear, according to one source directly familiar, if Jordan will try for a third ballot on the speakership on Thursday. That is up in the air and will depend on how the morning's conference meeting goes. So far, uh, what time did this one come out? 11.31, now it's 2.11. Mm, I don't think he's going to do it. McHenry, who is the financial services chairman and a former member of the GOP leadership who helped negotiate the Biden-McCarthy deal, uh, meets all of the criteria mentioned previously. I guess I shouldn't have jumped down here. Three Democratic lawmakers told NBC News that during a closed-door meeting Thursday, Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries of New York told rank-and-file members that Democrats would only support a temporary speaker who meets the following conditions. They voted to, satisf- to certify rather the 2020 election, have a track record of standing up to extremism and defending democracy, as well as a track record of governing, and agree to support the original debt limit deal struck between the White House and McCarthy. Okay. McHenry, the financial services chairman and a former member of GOP leadership who helped negotiate the Biden-McCarthy deal, meets all those criteria. As Thursday, whether he backed the resolution to grant him broader powers, McHenry said he was still working to, to elect Jordan as speaker. McHenry also said he was not having any discussions about the matter with Jeffries. Quote, I am focused on electing Jim Jordan, who is our speaker nominee as Speaker of the House. That's my goal. That's my focus. Well, McHenry, I think the cards are going to fall in a different direction, sir. Nobody wants fucking Jim Jordan as a goddamn Speaker of the House. You want to start really losing this country? Let him become Speaker of the House, and somehow, somehow, Trump wins the election in 2024. That's it. The United States is done. We are over. It was a great experiment. But we are done. Gilead, here we come. (laughs) 
I am not shedding you, my friends. If you cannot see, just based on the way Trump acts and the way he thinks he is king, and he doesn't do anything wrong, and when shit hits the fan, it's always somebody else's issue, and he's always the greatest at everything he does. And those that succeed only succeed because of him, and when he fails, he didn't fail. Other people failed. If you don't understand that that is not the type of leadership that the United States needs, we had four years of that bullshit. Four years where he was trying to figure out how much he could actually get away with. He now knows how much he can actually get away with. And that's the scary part. If you think he was bad the first four years, if he gets another four years, I'm telling you, the United States as we know it today and have known it for our entire lives is over. We're done. And I'm not being dramatic. I'm being serious. It's it's not even something I want to contemplate. (laughs) I think the last thing that I'll give you my hot take on is this crap happening between Israel and Palestine, the Palestinians. Number one, I I don't agree with what Hamas did at all. And the things that we need to keep in mind, and and this, I'm a a middle-aged white dude from the South talking about this shit, so take it with a grain of salt, but just listen to what I have to say before you just completely discount it on any of these things that I've talked about. The one thing that we do need to keep in mind is that Hamas... And the Palestinians are not one and the same. Hamas is a governing body that was elected, I think, in 2006, somewhere in there, and has never had any democratically held elections since then. It's been essentially an authoritarian regime. And so in the Gaza Strip, you've had innocent men, women, and children essentially not only living under the thumb of Israel, but also under the thumb of Hamas. And so I do not condone by any stretch of the imagination what Hamas did. I do understand it, but I don't agree with it. And I know the you, you may think, well, how can you understand it but not agree with it? These two things can be equally truthful. The Palestinians have essentially been pushed into a corner, so to speak. I mean, honestly, a strip of land and then the West Bank, by the Israelis. And if you go back and look at the history, there was a there was a, a, a time back in, I think it was the mid-40s, a two-state plan was proposed. Israel was going to have their own country. Palestine, the Palestinians were going to have their own country. And from what I remember reading, it was rejected by both sides. And Jerusalem was going to be this shared space between the two because it's a holy city for both of them. Instead, what happened was the West put put their clout behind Israel. And there's a map out there where you can see how Israel started out and how they quickly just ate up over decades the land annexed it into Israel. And so the Palestinians were left with less and less and less area for them to make homes and businesses and just go about their, da- their daily lives and live. It's a mess. And neither side is innocent. The Israelis, the IDF, they're definitely not innocent, but the the Hamas is also definitely not innocent. The people that have been killed on both sides that had absolutely nothing to do, they were just minding their own damn business. Those are those are the those are the innocent ones. They didn't instigate it. They didn't want to have anything to do with it probably. They sure as hell didn't know it was about to happen. Those are your innocents. Your your innocent people. But Hamas 
any kind of terroristic organization. And then the IDF on the Israeli side, they all have blood on their hands. And that's just my that's just my hot take. I do not I don't condone what happened to the Jewish people at the hands of Hitler, of course. That was that was an atrocity. It was a tragedy. It, it was a Holocaust. But I also don't view the Jewish people as any kind of special people. They're no they're they are no more special than Native Americans or the Germans or the Russians or the the Africans. It it doesn't they're just people. They have no more right, no more claim than anybody else on this planet. But that's just my hot take. Like I say, it's it's a shit show over there. It's not something that we all expected, but we shouldn't be surprised. All right, well, that's where I'm going to end it for this episode. Just my my uh, meandering and rambling and my hot takes of some of the news tidbits and stuff that I have seen today. If you would like to email the show, the email is show at donovanadkisson.com. We have a voicemail line. That voicemail number is uh, 762-325-1313. Again, that is 762-325-1313. You can also send me a text. To that line. And again, the email is show at donovanatkisson.com. So until next time, hug your loved ones, enjoy your life, and we'll talk soon.